Hey! 
a fresh devotion, a fresh surrender to you. Let weary hearts be strengthened this morning. Let hurting hearts be comforted and healed this morning. Let hungry hearts be filled afresh and satisfied this morning. Speak to us and touch us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, let's give him a praise. He's worthy. He's wonderful. Oh, great is your faithfulness. Wonderful is your love. Amazing love. Amazing love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We love him because he first loved us. And his love wasn't a Hallmark card. It wasn't a poem. The Bible says he demonstrated his love in this when we were yet sinners. He went to that cross and died for us. Amen. He expressed that love by dying on a cross for our sins. What a God. Amen. Well, good morning. It's so good to see everybody this morning. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. Jordan, Sister Amy, they're ready to go. They're ready. Ready to have church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Have your Bibles. If you would go to Hebrews 11, we want to continue our series from the chapter of the heroes of the faith. These heroes of chapter 11. This is actually a two-part message from this group of scriptures, beginning with verse 23, calling it the choices of faith. But Hebrews 11 and verse 23, the Bible says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Verse 24, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, Time to grow up. He refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season or a short time. He regarded disgrace or reproach for the sake of Christ as a greater value or riches than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, and he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. And by faith, the people, they passed through that Red Sea on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. I want to talk about the choices of faith. Father, give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. Move us, Lord. Move us, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us and touch us. In Jesus' name and everyone's head. We continue this series from Hebrews 11. This is part two of this particular message. Part one focused on verse 23, and it's multi-Moses' parents. And we discussed last week three elements of their faith. We covered Moses' parents had a cooperating faith. They had a courageous faith. They had a contagious faith. And we said, parents, we need such faith in this hour that we live. Amen? Yeah. Now this week we're going to shift back our focus to Moses. Moses, a mighty man of God. He was very special and very unique. Even among the great heroes of the faith, Moses really stood out. He had a very unique place, special place with God. He was a deliverer, prophet, the lawgiver. God said of him, 
My servant Moses is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face. That's impressive. You see, in order to be the man that Moses wound up being, he had to make some choices. Just like you and I, if we're going to be the ones God's called us to be, if we're going to fulfill God's will and purpose for our lives, we're going to have to make some choices of faith. Amen? Because Moses could have went a lot of different directions. But he became this man that God says, man, he stands out among them all. But he didn't do that by accident. He do it by intentionally making choices of faith. We're going to look at that this morning. We said last time, life is built on character. It's been said, life is built on character. Character is built on decisions. Decisions are built on values. Life is built on character. Character built on decisions. Decisions are built on values. We make our choices on the basis of things that are important to us. You hear it today, this it's important for you to be in God's house on God's day. Amen? We make our choices according to what's important to us. Now for the Christian, our faith, our faith in Christ, our commitment to Christ should be the controlling factor of our choices and our values. For our faith, for sincere believers... It's not just in a religious creed or um, a human philosophy. Certainly not just in a man-made tradition. But our faith is in a person. The person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is very much alive and well. A living person. Not a written code or a written philosophy. But we serve him and follow him. And make our choices based on our desire to please him. He purchased us with his own blood. And now we belong to him. We're not our own. We've been bought with a price. And we make it our goal to please him. Therefore, our life's values are determined. Our life's choices are made in a direct response to a living faith in a living Savior. Can you say amen? His word, his will, his ways are steering, governing, directing our lives and decisions. We said last time, For the sincere Christian, for the real Christian, my mind understands and believes the truths of Christianity. have to know it, understand it, to believe it. My mind understands and believes the truths of Christianity, but then my heart, my will, must surrender and follow after the Christ of Christianity. You see, it's more than just I nod my head and say, yeah, I agree with that doctrine. I don't just nod my head. I surrender my heart. And give my life to him and I follow after Christ. It's not enough just to know it. You gotta. That's good. Or do it. Hey, either way. Thanks. It works. It works. This morning, looking at Moses, I want to notice three themes from his faith. Three things. The choice of faith. The choice of faith. The choice of faith will determine your life now and forevermore. Number one, we're going to talk about the refusal of faith. You see that, verse 24 and 25. Then reproach. You make that choice of faith, there'll be some backlash. The reproach or disgrace of faith, 26, 27. And then thank God the reward of faith. But God does reward sincere faith. Here and now, then and later. God rewards it. God rewards it. So if you were to look at verse 24 and 25 again, this is the refusal of faith. First choice we're going to have to make if you're going to be a Christian. The Bible says, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
He chose. Going to refuse some things, we're going to choose some other things. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. And I'm going to assume there are some pleasures in the palace. Amen? You had to make your choice. You see, you see, when, when you say yes to Jesus, you got to say no to some other things. You can't have it both ways. If anyone told you all that, they lied. They lied. They're going to fry. They lied. The call to follow Jesus demands a leaving behind of sinful ways and sinful things and a living for the things that please the Lord. A follower of Christ. Reminds me a little bit of what Paul said in Philippians 3 when he says, man, I consider all that stuff in the past, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I consider it all rubbish compared to the greatness of knowing Jesus. You got to leave some things if you're going to pursue some other things. Let's say as the adopted son of an Egyptian princess, Moses could have led a real easy, pleasurable life in the palace. But his faith, his faith, moved him to refuse that kind of life. And instead, he chose to identify with God's suffering people. You see, true faith causes a believer to hold the right values and make the right decisions. We have to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? We have to ask, what does the Bible say about this? We have to ask ourselves, what would honor and please the Lord in this situation? The Bible says when he had grown up, and friend, there comes a time when you can't get by on your mother's faith, on your grandmother's faith, on your parents' faith, but you have to make your own choice to follow Jesus. I didn't say just to say a sinner's prayer. I said to follow Jesus and to live for Jesus and to live a life that pleases him in all areas. Amen. you got to make a choice to follow Jesus. you got to personally make that decision to identify with him and to stand firm in your faith. And begin to make choices that are befitting a child of God. You see, faith refuses some things in order to serve the Lord and have God's best. Sometimes, listen, sometimes faith has to say no. It might be the easy thing to do, but faith has to say no. But it's real pleasurable on my flesh. Faith has to say no. But all my friends think it's okay. Faith has to say no. That was weak. We'll work on that. Like Moses said no and refused the power, the position, the pleasures of Egypt. He left behind the familiarity and the security and the comfort of Egypt, the friendships of Egypt. You and I that are serious about walking with the Lord, we must throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and trips us up. So you and I can run our race and finish the course, pleasing our Savior and doing his will. Look with me quickly. Hebrews 12 and verse 1. Hebrews 12 and verse 1. 
There's you know, this great Hebrews 11, all these people of faith. And then the next chapter begins, and the author says, Now, with the example of all those heroes, with the encouragement of all those lives of faith, this is what you and I have to do. See, the author of Hebrews is writing to Hebrew Christians that are starting to get a little tired. And they're maybe thinking about turning back. They're getting weary in the race of faith. And that 11th chapter is there to encourage them with all these wonderful examples to inspire them. Then as this next chapter begins, he says, now listen, after listening and reading and thinking about all these wonderful men and women of faith, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. They're not witnessing us. They're witnessing to us. They're not watching us. Their lives are speaking to us and encouraging us to go on with God, to trust God, to believe God. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, if you're going to run the race and win, let us throw off everything that hinders. If something's hindering your walk with Christ, the Bible says throw it off. And of course, the sin. Some things just aren't beneficial. Other things are just black and white sin. And the sin that so easily trips us up, entangles up. Well, get rid of it and it won't tangle you up no more. Amen? Stop doing it. It won't make you play the fool no more. Let us run. And then let us run with perseverance. The race marked out to us. You see, faith has to refuse, reject, renounce some things, and then faith chooses to identify with Christ, to live for Christ, to take a firm, unapologetic stand for Christ. Your friends might not understand. Your family might not applaud it. But sometimes you have to choose Christ or whoever. Christ or whoever. These are the words of Jesus, Matthew 10. Verses 32 and 33. Jesus said, whoever, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. See, Jesus said, acknowledge, not just a nod of the head, but with your life. I acknowledge Christ by living for Christ. It's more than just saying it, it's living it and doing it. Amen? So Jesus says, whoever will acknowledge, if you acknowledge me, he says, I'll acknowledge you. But whoever disowns or denies me before men, he says, I'll deny you. That's a terrible thought, isn't it? Isn't that a frightening thought? Is there anything more frightening? These are the words of Jesus. Loving Jesus, tender Jesus. We better get back to reading the real Jesus. Now, he says, whoever disowns me, denies me by the life they're living before men, I will deny or disown him before the Father. What a frightening thought. So you see, like Moses made a conscious choice. He counted the cost. He counted the cost. He weighed everything on the scale of the eternal. Friend, we must do the same. This is the choice of faith. In this present hour, we must make some choices of faith. Number one, we must choose. Our faith must choose to go to heaven. You know, you don't get to heaven by accident. How about that? Is that new to anybody? You're not going to get there by accident. And listen, no one else can choose for you. Mama can dedicate you, make sure you're baptized at a young age. But sooner or later, you've got to make a choice to receive Christ, to put your faith in Christ. The Bible says it's by grace we're saved through faith. You have to put your faith in Jesus as your Savior, as your salvation. 
You've got to receive Christ. The Bible says he came to many and men rejected him. But to those that received him, they said, yes, Jesus, I'll accept you and I'll live for you. Those, he said, I gave them the right to become sons of God. So number one, listen, we have to make some choices here. The most important choice, our faith must choose to go to heaven. No one can choose for you and you won't get there accidentally. So I ask you, have you personally made a choice and received Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord? Have you personally given your life to Christ? That's the choice that gets you into heaven. But don't stop there. Once you do that, once you make that sincere prayer, once you're saved, then our faith must choose not only to go to heaven, our faith must choose to live holy. Now, don't get nervous about that word. I know in this generation that word frightens you. I know. Holy means to be set apart. It means to be pure, but it means to be set apart. So once you get saved, if you really mean it, then you do more than just pray a sincere prayer and make a sincere commitment. Then you follow after Christ. Then you begin to live like Christ wants you to live, you see. Um, We have to learn to say, we all have to learn to say no to our Egypt. We've all come out of something, amen? There's an Egypt in all of our lives. There's a past in all of our lives that we have come out of. And when I say yes to Christ, folks, I'm not going back to Egypt no more. Isn't that right? I want to do my best to live pure, to honor the Lord, and to throw aside that mindset of this world and the morality of a fallen age. And instead, I'm going to live in a way that pleases Christ. It's a choice. It's, it's not an automatic thing. It takes effort and desire to come out and live for Christ. We said it before, there's a separation, and then there's a saturation. So number one, I make a choice of faith, I'm going to go to heaven, but then I make another choice of faith, I'm going to live holy, and I'm going to go forward in God. I'm going to make a third choice, not only am I going to heaven, living holy, I'm going to grow healthy in my walk with God. There are too many anemic and dehydrated saints walking around, amen, running on fumes. That's why you backslide every other week, and that's why you got to call the prayer line just when you're driving into Tampa, for heaven's sake. got to have more, more faith than that, amen. you got to be walking in a greater level of faith than that, my goodness. But our faith must choose to grow healthy. But separation is one thing, but saturation is another thing. Some choose separation. They haven't done anything. They've been living pretty boring for the last bunch of years, but they never developed the fruit of the Spirit. They never developed a greater renewed mind. You see, Peter wrote, Second Peter grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord. This is where I continue to make changes and choices, rearranging my life, restructuring my life. And I do the things. I want to make a choice of faith to grow healthy in God. I don't want to be some anemic Christian. Amen? Uh, I mean, I, I want to be strong in faith. Amen? I want to be strong. And so therefore, I got to do, uh, do the things that produce spiritual growth. We don't do anything by accident. Amen? What am I doing daily that will produce what I desire ultimately? What am I doing daily that will produce what I, you know, Final exams come up, and you can tell most people have been paying attention daily and doing the time daily, amen? In the end, you see those are others. Now, the same thing happens. Whatever I do daily is going to determine what I am ultimately. In this present hour, we must make some choices. The choices of faith. 
most important choice is I want to go to heaven. That means I got to receive Jesus. He's the only way to heaven. But I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to choose to live holy, or I'm going to choose to live as a follower of Christ. I'm going to structure my life to do what pleases Him. And I want to be a strong Christian. I want to know my Bible. I want to be faithful. I mean, when we make a choice to grow healthy, even things like this, your attendance is part of that. You're here today, and you're growing healthy. Amen? Your daily devotions, you make that decision. You, you do it each day, and sometimes it's not like a huge meal, but you've done it so many years. Man, it's impacted you. It's made you a strong, sturdy person. And your service, because you said, Lord, I want to get in on what you're doing. I want to be part and fulfill my part of the body of Christ. You serve others, and your serving has matured you and developed you. You're growing healthy. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to live holy. I'm going to grow healthy. Are going to make a choice that when tested and tried, I will respond heroically. So many of these people of faith are these examples. Our faith must choose to respond heroically when our faith is tested, and God knows it will be. I read a, story, a little quip, read a little thing about making some choices. Talking about now making that choice heroically. Talking to some of the guys in the back before service, and we joke that, like they say, um, the only minor surgery is the surgery someone else is having. Amen? (laughs) It's not minor when it's me. Amen? It's not minor when it's me. Well, I read something similar to that during the week. The person wrote, the easiest thing to decide is what you would do if you were in someone else's shoes. Isn't that true? It's easy for me to this is why Keith ought to do this. I don't ought to do that. It's easy for me to decide what someone else ought to do. This is a choice you got to make all by yourself. And this choice, all these choices, it's a personal thing. The choice to respond heroically during the battles and challenges of life. This is really what made these Hebrews so special. This is what made this chapter so unique than the rest. They went through circumstances and trying um, um, circumstances that others would have shrinked back from, but they chose to trust God. Number one, be heroic when your faith is challenged. Be heroic when your faith is challenged. Responding to life's challenging circumstances and in the battles of life challenged. Faith will be challenged, and obedience to Christ will often be tested. That's just the way it works here. We think of so many stories from the Bible. I know one of the favorite ones that most people remember in the book of Daniel, those three Hebrews, amen? Their, their faith was challenged, was it not? The king Nebuchadnezzar bowed to my idol, but they chose to stand firm in their commitment to trust God. They refused to bow, and it cost them. They refused to bow, and it cost them, but God stood with them. And I'll tell you what, he'll do the same if you stand. He'll stand with you. He'll stand with you. But if you know the story, I want you to know this morning, that fourth man, he still walks with us through the fiery trials of life. That fourth man is alive and well. He's with us. Jesus said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. And when life gets hot, Jesus is there. When the uh, the threat of life roars its ugly head, Jesus Christ is there. And I'll say it again, that cost them, but God stood with them, and he'll stand with you if you make a choice of faith in the midnight hour. Be heroic when your faith is challenged. Be heroic when faith is called to a higher place 
in greater endeavors. Sometimes faith has to be exercised refusing the world and battling the world. Sometimes faith has to be exercised when I'm responding to God and stepping out and obeying God. God desires to use each one of us in a greater measure, in a greater degree, to affect more lives. So he will at times call us up higher so we can do greater works than we've done in the past. Abraham had to leave and step out and follow God if he's going to embrace the promise of God and become the one God called him to be. Noah had to build an ark for a hundred years where others laughed and mocked, but he was obeying God. God was calling him to something. He had to step out and be different in order to do it. I mean, Peter, some people still be sticking their little toe in the water, still haven't got out of the boat yet. But Peter heard the call. And that call made his faith had to respond to the call. Because God was taking him to do something he's never done before. You see, there's a choice to step out and believe God's word and face that fear and respond to God's call. One of my favorite heroes in that Old Testament, his name is Caleb. Caleb's one of my favorites. If you remember the story, in order for Caleb to do God's will, and receive God's promise. You know what? He had to use his faith to face some fears and to overcome some challenges and to obey God in some really trying places. He was called to take the land. And when Caleb was called to possess that land, he refused to shrink back like the other men did. He saw the same giants they did. He witnessed the same fortified cities and armies they did. But Caleb made a choice. Instead of shrinking back, instead of making excuses, he chose to put his confidence in the one that was able to give him the victory. He chose. He wasn't denying the enemy before him. He wasn't denying the reality of circumstance before him. But instead he chose to trust the one that could bring him through it and carry him through it and enable him to do what he had to do to be victorious in it. He chose to believe in the one that was faithful to keep his word. The one that is faithful to help us topple our giants. The one that empowers his people to do his works and achieve greater things and accomplish wonderful things. Jesus said greater things than this. Will you do? And our faith has to make some heroic decisions. When others would curse, we can still praise God. When others would run away, we can stand firm and keep serving God. When others say, no, 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 I can't respond to that word, we can be brave and bold and say, yes, Lord! Moses made a choice of faith to refuse to evaluate and live for the eternal. And that's so important. I read a story about a wealthy man in a well-to-do subdivision passed away. And a couple of the neighbors in this well-to-do subdivision were asking, talking about him. And one said, I, I, I wonder what he left. And one wise woman said, he left everything. He left all of it. I want to tell you something. You're going to leave it all. You better be rich towards God. You're going to leave it all. Amen? You better be rich towards God. It reminds me of the words of Jesus. How did Jesus say it? What is the profit of man? You gain the world, the applause of the world, all the friends. You can have all the things. But if you lose your soul, number one, the refusal of faith led to the reproach of faith. Now, sometimes people can get worked up 
motivate them up, and they'll make a refusal of faith, then they wither with the backlash, which is the reproach of faith. You know, it's one thing to say anything here. When the Spirit is flowing, and people are praying, and there's joy overflowing the house, but then when you get back out there, and you got to deal with the backlashes, we start to separate the men from the The reproach of faith. We look at verses 26 and 27. Moses regarded disgrace or reproach, New King James, reproach of Christ for the sake of Christ as of greater value, greater riches than all the treasures of Egypt. We got to use God's scale when we evaluate things, don't we? See, we're using the wrong scale. We're using the Hollywood scale. You know what I mean? We're using the culture scale. We got to use God's scale. He was looking because he was looking ahead to his reward. Keep the eternal perspective. It'll help you in your decisions. By faith, he left Egypt, forsook Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger, he persevered as he saw him who was invisible. Wow. The reproach of faith. Esteeming the reproach of Christ of greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Isn't that beautiful? You know, Jesus said in John 15 and verse 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. And he went on to say, verse 20, no servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute. I'm trying to say, the choice of faith often brings a response from others. You make a choice of faith. I met people. I went to college with some people. And they came from well-to-do, unsafe families. I mean, mother and father, doctors, lawyers. And he says, when I, he goes, when I went to, came to this school, my parents looked at me and said, we liked you better when you were on drugs than since you've come to this Jesus. I, I met some that had wonderful marriages until one of them got saved. Oh, a little quiet there. You know, some of the best amens are silence. Amen? I'm talking about, well, this is why people backslide. It's one thing to make a decision here. It's another thing to enforce it out there and properly deal with the repercussions of it. Yeah. The reproach of faith. That's the reproach of faith. For my faith, there's a reproach. For my faith, there's a backlash. You know, Jesus said in Luke 6, 26, Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that's how they treated the false prophets. I mean, if you're not getting a little backlash, i got to wonder what you got. Amen? I mean, that devil never kicked a dead horse. You know what I'm saying? We're, gonna, we're living this life the way we're supposed to live it. you got to rub someone wrong. We live in a fallen world that's lost, that's blind. Amen? There is a cost to following Jesus Christ. What's happened over certain generations and we get so um, insulated with Christian. Oh, our family Christian, our friend. We, we get, we got to get a false reality. When you work in the world and you live among the unsaved and you, you can be loving as love can be, but if you're going to live the way Christ wants you to live, there will be a reproach of faith. Can you say Amen. There is a cost of following Jesus Christ. 
Moses left the palace and he never went back. He faced opposition. And Jesus warns you and I that those who serve him will also have to expect some opposition, some misunderstanding, some rejection along the way. No one is exempt. And we have it very easy in our present culture, in our present age. But the fact remains. Sometimes, friend, we have to ask ourselves, what's worth more? Men's friendship and men's approval now? Or God's friendship and God's approval forever? Because listen, sometimes you cannot always have them both. That's why it's called the choice of faith. Do I want the temporal pleasure and applause now? Or do I want the eternal applause? Amen. And acceptance. Yeah. Moses' faith, this is how real faith works, enabled him to make the right choice. He chose the most valuable thing. And then he accepted or endured the result of his choice. So we have to make the right choice according to the word of God. Then I got to say, God, give me the grace and the strength to respond and deal with what comes from that choice. By faith. See, his faith enabled him to face Pharaoh, to obey God's word, and to trust God to take care of him and deal with his enemies. We've got to love God enough to want to please him. We've got to trust him enough to know that he'll take care of us when we do please him. That he'll protect us and he'll defend us and he'll help us along the way. There will be things in life that will oppose your attempts to please God and do his will. Whether it's an ugly pharaoh, an overwhelming Red Sea, or the way to try to care for all these people or do what God's called you to do. But again, I'm going to say it. If you'll stand with God, friend, God is up to the task. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're enduring, if you'll stand with God, God is able. He's up to the task. He'll give you the courage you need to face your perils. He'll move in your life and he'll deal with those red seas and those seemingly impossible places like only God can. And I'll tell you something, he'll give you the grace you need to fulfill your purpose. You might look and say, oh Moses, how many times did Moses say, oh God, maybe you want to call someone else. These people are driving me nuts. They're going to be the end of me. But God's grace was sufficient. And listen, God's grace is there to help you fulfill your purpose. You can be the parent he's called you to be. You can be the worker he called you to be. You You can be the Sunday school teacher. He's called you to be. God is faithful and God is able. But it's our faith in trusting him. Our faith in believing him. And then our faith in stepping out and obeying him. That releases the working of his power in our lives. Somebody, God is for you. He's not against you. He'll help you. If you'll make up your mind, you're going to put him first. Live his way and God will see you through. The reproach of faith. There's choices, there's challenges. There's opposition, there's opportunity. The choice of faith. And listen, the, the reproach of faith, the reproach of faith comes from within, comes from without. Comes from without. The devil, the tempter, the world, challenging. 
Don't live that way. They'll laugh at you. They'll deal with you. But you know what? This old nature. That old nature. Oh, boy. Reproach comes from within. That old fallen nature wants to give in to fear. Wants to give in to compromise. Wants to take the easy road. You see? So it's coming from both directions here. But listen, don't ever forget this. The values of faith and the vision of faith will bring to you the victory of faith. And say that again. The values of faith. If you make the right choices, the choices that honor the Lord, values of faith and the vision of faith, you'll keep looking to Christ. You'll keep looking and living for the eternal. I'll tell you, put those things together, you'll get the victory of faith. Moses' faith shows us the importance of, number one, right values. Right values. Faith sees and chooses and evaluates the true worth of things. Is it worth approval now as opposed to hell forever? Hello? The values, right? Faith sees and chooses and evaluates the true worth of things. The eternal value of things. How will this affect my forever? How will this behavior, decision, affect my forever? Moses' faith shows us the importance of right values and right vision. Vision's a powerful thing. Vision is an awesome thing. You see in verse 26, right vision, looking ahead to his reward. It, it was a motivating factor. It says at the tail end of that, busy looking ahead to the reward. He could say no to Pharaoh. He had courage to face Pharaoh. But he was looking at something greater, something eternal, something everlasting. Right vision, looking ahead to his reward. He knew it would be worth it in the end. He knew he might have some struggles here, but it'll be worth it on that day. He knew he might have to deal with some rejection here, but hey, listen, let's face it. This world is merely a vapor compared to eternity. This world is just a very short thing compared to forever and forever. So i got to have some battles. I'll have them here. I don't want them there. Right vision, looking ahead to his reward. Right vision, verse 27, and he saw the Lord. The vision of looking at Jesus. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered. What was the secret that fueled his perseverance and endurance? He saw him who was invisible. Wow. Wow. We read a little early, Hebrews 12 and 1. Now look at the next verse, Hebrews 12 and verse 2. After you've taken off the entanglements, after we set aside the sins that want to weigh us down and trip us up. Now, now that's good, but now we got to get our focus right. The focus of faith will fuel the endurance of faith. The focus of faith, whatever you're looking at affects how you feel. If you keep looking at the negative, you're going to get negative. If you keep looking at the bad report, you're going to believe the bad report. But oh, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, amen. If we get our eyes on the word of God, oh, something will happen. Let us, let us, let us, that's you, that's me. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus as we're running this race. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the protector, the perfecter or the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. When you look eternal view, it'll enable you to endure your crosses. When you keep in mind it will be worth it all one day and you see Jesus and you know you're headed to that place of victory. It'll help you fight this present fight of faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising its shame. He sat down at the right hand of God. 
the focus of faith. We look unto Jesus. This is the vision of faith. I keep eternity in mind. I keep looking to Jesus, his word, his promises, where he's bringing me. That's the focus of faith, and that fuels my faith. That directs my walk. That energizes my life. That keeps me strong and stable to the very end. The reproach of faith will come. But it doesn't have to defeat us or turn us back. Like Moses, if you and I will just keep the values of faith and the vision of faith, God will give us the victory of faith. The values of faith for every decision. As I order my life, as I choose how I live in this life, what will matter a hundred years from now? What will that decision cost? And make sure, make sure you're using the right scales when you evaluate the worth of something. Because again, if you make the right choice, God will stand with you and God will give you the grace to enforce that choice. He won't make you make a choice. But if you'll make the right choice, he'll be with you and help you enforce that choice and go with that choice. There's the values of faith. I'm going to live the way God wants me to live. I'm going to go to the work. That's how I make my decisions. But then there's the vision of faith. And that's really the eternal perspective. I want to see the Lord. I want to recognize and remember he's in control. He's watching over my life. He's my helper. You see, the vision of the greatness and the glory of God, friend, that'll do something to you. I'm saying that'll do something to you. I mean, when you have a real encounter with Christ, I'm talking no more secondhand stuff. When you personally have a real encounter with God, everything changes. Everything changes. When you get that vision, oh my Lord, of the greatness and glory of God, I think of that Isaiah 6, the prophet Isaiah writes, in the year King Uzziah died. I saw also the Lord, high and lifted up. It was a year where an earthly throne was empty, but praise God, there's a heavenly throne that's never empty. There's a heavenly throne that's never weak. There's a heavenly throne that's never confused. Sometimes earthly thrones are empty. Sometimes we wish they were. But my Lord, there is a throne, and his name is Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that throne is never empty. That ear is never closed. That arm is never weak. And we can trust him and call on him. And when I Look to him. It motivates my faith. When I'm reminded my God is in control. My God is on my side. My God is here. He's open to my cry. It motivates me to live this life. It gives me a strength to persevere and endure the crosses that I have to face. The vision of faith gives you and I this morning the courage and the conviction to stand. The vision of faith gives us the confidence to speak. Let's be bold. Vision of faith gives us compassion to serve and to give. Vision of faith. Terrible thing that so many people have been in church 30 years, never had a real encounter with God. My Lord, that's something. We've had some encounters, haven't we? been a prayer meeting. You couldn't stand if you wanted to. You forget them holders. They no one need to get you. Just everybody went down on their own. The Lord, my goodness. I've seen God come in my office at times. I lean against the bookshelf. I'm ready to go out. We've seen people healed. We've seen them throw their canes down. We grew up in this thing a lot of us. Amen? My Lord, my Lord. Oh, yeah. Middle of worship service, people getting healed. Nobody praying for anyone, just God coming down. I mean, and when you have encounters with God, 
You get that baptism in the Holy Ghost. I mean, you really get it. Amen? I don't mean a little devil, do you? No, no, no. I mean, you get baptized. Wow. And you know the power of God come upon you. Woo! That's vision. That's the vision. I call it a vision of the glory and the greatness of God. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. I remember back to the, when I was 15, 16 years old, I got the baptism. So powerful. To this day, it motivates me. To this day, that one experience, just me alone and a TV preacher. My TV room at home, my pajamas, 15, 16 years, 15 years old. To this day, that encounter with God gave me such a vision and glimpse of his glory and his greatness. It strengthens me to this day. Vision of God. Vision of faith gives us a conviction to stand. When you know God is real, it puts a courage in your heart, does it not? And it gives us a confidence to speak. We're bold because this thing is real. Amen. I'm not here to debate philosophy. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is alive and Jesus loves you. And his salvation is open to you. He'll transform you. He'll bless you. He'll help you. But you got to come. The vision of faith gives us a compassion to serve. Because when your heart gets touched by the spirit of God, you begin to feel like God feels. You get a compassion for others. Amen. You get a burden for others. You begin to feel the heart of heaven towards this world in which we live. Oh, there's something wonderful. Oh, I'll say it again. It does something to you when you have a real vision and encounter with the Lord. The values of faith, the vision of faith, will enable you and I to enjoy the victory of faith. The refusal, the reproach, last but not least, don't forget this, the reward. Praise God, there is a reward for those that will serve God and put God first and put their faith in Christ. Listen, God always, God always rewards true faith, always. If not immediately, he will ultimately, so don't you, don't despair. It's coming, it's coming, and it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. And we we see in this story some of the rewards of faith. He gave Moses the courage to face up to Pharaoh. God will honor your faith by giving you the grace and strength you need to face what you have to face in life. Life's not easy. When we leave here, often we're alone. When we leave here, it's no longer in the majority. Now we're out there fighting a world that wants to trip us up or resist our efforts to please the Lord. But I want you to know that God will reward your faith by giving you the grace and strength you need to face what you have to face and to walk the path you have to walk. You can take that to the bank. Every one of us is different. We all face different things. Everybody has challenges. Everybody has heartaches. But one thing I can promise you, if you'll keep trusting in Jesus, if you'll seek first his kingdom, if you'll look to him, faith, he'll reward your faith by giving you the grace you need to face what you have to face, endure what you have to endure, and walk the path life has called you to walk. God didn't get to give Moses that courage. He gave Moses and the people of God that protection. It says, by faith, when the death angel passed over. Oh, my. Because their faith obeyed the Lord and got in that house where the blood was shed. And you know, if you'll keep putting your faith in that blood of Jesus, if you'll keep putting your faith in the salvation that he gives, he'll protect your life and he'll keep your life And he'll be a shield all around your life. 
And when that death angel flows through, he'll, he'll pass over you. But still see the blood. I like that last thing, the reward of faith. Moses had courage to face Pharaoh. The people had the protection. And then the people had the deliverance. By faith, they passed through that Red Sea. And I don't know what you're facing this morning. And it might seem like a modern-day Red Sea. Just a seemingly impossible place. But if you put your faith in Christ, if you trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understandings, but in all your ways, if you'll acknowledge him, he'll direct your paths, and he'll order your steps, and he'll fight your battles. The same way he opened that Red Sea, God will make a way for you. Whatever you're facing, he'll bring you through. And if others have bailed, Jesus will remain. If others will give excuses, Jesus will stand by your side. If you'll just trust him, you'll lean on him. He loves you with an everlasting. He loves you with an everlasting love. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how many times you tried. He loves you. He calls you. Come to him. Trust him. Serve him. He'll reward that faith. He'll honor that faith. Vance Havner wrote, Moses shows the imperishable, saw the invisible, and did the impossible. That's what faith does. His faith was rewarded, and yours will be also. God rewards the faith of his people. Let's face it, friends, we've all come too far to turn back now. Amen? <laughs> We've all held dear these promises of God too long to let them go now. Hang on to that promise. He's coming to pass. Let's keep looking to Jesus as we march forward in this life. Let's keep making the right choices, the choices of faith, the choices that express the values we have in our serving Christ. And let's press onward for the reward. Oh, folks, God's got a reward with your name on it. God's got a reward with your name on it. Faith receives God's reward. God has that reward and he's ready to pour it out upon his people. Here now, then and later. Oh, God bless your people. Go ahead and bow your hearts. Oh, God bless your people. Oh, God bless your people. Oh, God bless your people. Father, let them have a taste of the reward of faith. Father, you know every heart that's here today. You know how many here today are they're faithful. They love you, Lord. They do their best to believe and to trust and to live in a way that glorifies your name. Now I pray, Father, give them a taste right now of the reward faith. Answer their prayers. Come through in their situations. Those that are struggling and they've got decisions to make, Lord, help them clarify what they should do. Help them to make that decision. Make it easier on them so they can know the right way and step out trusting you in it. Father, those that are battling the heavy weights, the pressures of this life, right now let that pressure break in the name of Jesus. Right now let that heaviness break in the name of Jesus. Those, Lord, that are feeling a little weary, trusting you, but oh, it seems like things are going uphill right now. Restore their strength. Refresh them. Revive them. Lord, lift them up and make them strong. Father, God bless your people. Give them the reward of faith. We know ultimately it'll come in a glorious measure, but I pray, Father, today, now, give them a taste of that reward. Meet their needs. Answer their prayers. 
minister supernaturally in their situations. And all God's people said, we're going to end like this, we're going to end like this.